1: that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, are you confused? That's the question. So are we confused about the leadership that is telling us so many different things about this rollback? And what's this all about? What's this all about? Well, all the liberals seem to be on the same page again. They were on the same page when they brought us this fear-mongering and this COVID mandates and restrictions and vaccine passports as a gateway to social credit score systems. They were all on the same page with that. Almost like you could tell that they had something going on. It can't be that we're all so alike this way. And it's not just in America. It's worldwide. It's worldwide. Which has me, you know, on this bandwagon of globalism versus nationalism. And we're paying close attention to what's happening in France. I don't even know who won the Italian uh, election. Apparently the uh, same uh, leader, there was; it was indecisive. So that the same leader, Conti, I think his name was, decided to continue. But France is different. But, you know... Someone said this, and rightfully so. The uh, the French protest everything, from the left to the right. They're a protest nation. They love to get to the streets and protest. It's almost like a carnival for them. Put up a little street fair. We're going to put up a street fair in Paris. And it seems to be. But, you know, it was interesting, the play that Macron made dividing half of his nation, saying those who are unvaccinated aren't really French. They're not patriots. They're not good people. And so the people that were vaxxed, you know, they're basically saying, okay, well then we have to pick a side. I guess we're on the side of uh, Macron. And I guess that works for Macron because 70, 80% of the French people, have been mandated or coerced or forced to get vaccinated. And whether you like it or not, people like to defend their decisions. They like to defend their purchases. They like to defend themselves. So like if I buy, and I said this before, you're going to remember it when I say this, but it's just I want to reiterate. If I buy an air fryer on Amazon and somebody else buys another air fryer, I'm going to think I got the best deal and I have the best air fryer. And uh, somehow I'm going to defend my purchase because I don't want to be wrong, you know. So it's human behavior to do that. And so what percentage of that 80% that Macron has sliced up in terms of a pie dividing and saying, I don't want any of you 20 to 30% unvaxxed I don't want your support. I don't like you. I think you're anti-French. You're not a French citizen. You're nothing to me. You're deplorable. And once he says that, he's now, the battle lines have been drawn. The battle lines being drawn, right? And he divided, put the red line in the sand. And now he's going to try to work on that 70, 80%. And he's going to try to see how many people are left-wing and socialist radicals, globalists, that support him anyway. He's going to work on that middle ground where he's going to get people to defend their decision, that you made the right decision. And I'm going to give you a pat on the back. And you're a good French citizen. And it's at that moment that he's going to Get those numbers. It's a formula that works statistically, mathematically. It works. Never mind about your policies or what you stand for. Right and wrong. No. The left always looks at poll numbers. I think that what's happening today is, in large part, a preparation for the State of the Union Address. You can't have melees, and you can't have the same old business as usual. But I wonder if is there a new variant that's going to come down the pike? Because they're saying, in the one hand, that they're tearing, taking down all the mandates, and even Fauci's starting to um, defer to local local authorities, health authorities. And you're starting to see all these liberal states do this thing about taking away mandates. Almost in concert, at the same time, they make it so obvious. And is it because they're crumbling in the polls? And how is this going to play out with regard to mail-in voting? if they reduce all the mandates and restrictions, how are they going to sell man, mail-in voting and early voting and late voting and all kinds of crazy ballot harvesting voting, mail drop voting? How are they going to do it? And the question is, what's next? So I think maybe it's a play for the state of the union address and after the State of the Union address, there's going to be a new variant when we least expect it. It's going to bring us to our knees. And we're going to have to vote in a different way again. And we tried to relax, but that didn't work. You know, we tried to lax it off, just relax. We tried to get back to normal. We tried that, and it failed. What's next? And I don't know. You know, in large part, I think there was a partnership with China. I think that Fauci was protected by the CIA and the Department of Defense. I think that COVID was a bioweapon. I think it was human engineered. And I think it either was released on purpose or leaked accidentally. But it was something that should not have been done. We shouldn't be messing around with these bioweapons, nor should we really be expanding our nuclear weapons. But we had a partnership and a coordination with China. And Jim Jordan's team, you know, made that very, very clear. That ECHO Alliance was working on research studies up. And... uh, (laughs) Sorry, folks. I got a... uh, Echo device in this room and um, it's not set on mute like it was supposed to be. Um, But uh, in any case we have these things. So I think that the reason why Fauci walks around with the highest paid salary in federal government and the reason why he's so protected is because he's the bureaucrat that could have pulled this off. He's the bureaucrat that knows the academic world He's a bureaucrat that knows how bureaucracy works. He's the bureaucrat uh, that understands the the medical profession. And the medical profession is very much like the academic profession. It's very, very radically liberal. It's where all these people get with their high degrees, their expensive degrees, and they all feel like they're the smartest people in the room. Oh, you're a doctor. Yeah. Lawyers, not so much. But doctors, oof, they're scientists. Trust the science. And there's that. So what's up? I mean, what what gives? How is it that the left is reversing course the way they have in concert all at the same time? And if you look around the uh, globe, in France, like we just talked about, or in Ottawa, and all around the world, the, the problem for Canada is that Trudeau is trying to defend himself against the truckers, not admitting that the truckers are right. So he's going to be late to the ball game because he probably would have already by now reduced the mandates and gotten on board with the globalists. But he can't do it in the face of the truckers because then it would look like the truckers are going to win. So you got that kind of psychology going on where, God forbid, I'm going to let you know the truckers win if you're Trudeau. I I can't concede now, even though San Francisco's conceding and Los Angeles is conceding and and all these other countries around the globe. Alberta conceded in Canada, right? They they're doing away. what I like to hear too is it's not just about the mask mandates, but it's the vaccine passports. So travel is opening up in all these different countries. In the Netherlands, for example, they just announced yesterday. And uh, Alberta announced last, uh, many days ago, but I think it's forthcoming. And uh, that's my biggest concern is the vaccine passports. I remember talking about the uh, United Kingdom and Boris Johnson and saying, hey, you can take your masks off, he said. This was a few weeks ago. We're going to trust the British people. But then uh, a writer, uh, I think it was John from Idaho, wrote in and said, you know, but don't, no, don't forget that Boris Johnson already passed, you know, shortly before that, the vaccine passport mandate. So where are we with this? It's very, very confusing. So I uh, decided to play, uh, I'm going to play this clip from uh, Kennedy. She actually drives home, I think, very well uh, where we are with this. It's it's very confusing, but she did she did a good job with this, and it's she's a little bit fun. So let's take a listen. Let's take a listen again. Let's see. Unmute.
0: Who knows? Who's in charge? Everyone in power has a different. What do I have to do to get a straight answer around here? Is the pandemic over or not? Do I still need to wear a mask? Can I go into a restaurant? Or should I stay or should I go now? Who knows? Who's in charge? Everyone in power has a different freaking answer because they're all following different science, apparently. We're now almost two full years into this stupid pandemic, and yet nobody is on the same page. Literally nobody. It's not just the administration versus a bunch of other people. No one within the administration can agree on anything, and it's infuriating case in point. Lord, lock down himself, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Now admitting this whole god-awful mess might be over soon, just in time for the midterms. In an interview with the Financial Times newspaper, Fauci said of restrictions, quote... As we get out of the full-blown pandemic phase, which we are certainly heading out of, these decisions will increasingly be made on a local level rather than centrally decided and mandated. There will also be more people making their own decisions on how they deal with the virus. Holy crap! That's great news. He says this is almost done. I don't believe him for a second. And then we can make our own decisions. He doesn't believe that for a second. I'm sure the head of the CDC, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, agrees, right? Right, Michelle? Right now, our CDC guidance has not changed. Um, We have and continue to recommend um, masking in areas of high and substantial transmission that is essentially everywhere in the country in public indoor settings. We continue to recommend universal masking in our schools. Way to throw cold water on two dogs humping. Oh, well, she says COVID is basically still everywhere and restrictions will stay in place. And should we keep wearing masks? I guess so. But wait, in the last two days, a bunch of states, including big blue ones like New York and California, said the masks no longer necessary. So do I listen to the CDC or to McGovern? Hmm. Well, maybe White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki can clear all this up. Jen? People are tired of masks. I would say not even if you look at the polling, though, there is also a huge chunk of people who still want masks. When you are in a high transmission area, which is everywhere in the country, you should wear a mask in indoor settings, including schools. Uh, there are states uh, that have uh, rolled back their mask guidelines, that have given more flexibility to communities. They're different. It's They're not uniform what every state has done. Uh, and certainly we continue to advise and recommend abiding by public health guidelines. Huh. That's what? Differences? No. You said that most people want masks. Hey, man, if most people want masks, let most people wear masks, but let them choose for themselves whether or not they're going to wear masks. And by the way, that polling she's speaking of is made up. It is malarkey. How on earth can any of us abide by these guidelines if everyone in charge has a different guideline? I'm a reasonable person. I'm a nice lady. I want people to be safe. But I don't want to be treated like a fool. So we can, can we finally agree that all these rules are just a bunch of arbitrary claptrap? Let's get into it with tonight's fantastic party. So
1: that's it. You know, it's, I think she drove that home really well about the confusion of it all. We're very confused as people. Um, we don't know what the rules are. And it's preventing a lot of us from going out. Uh, and going out and spending money and stimulating the economy, number one. Uh, today, we're going to get a report on inflation that's going to be through the roof, uh, from what I understand. Um, I've heard uh, some things that indicate that, uh, well, let's just say that in, in, the inflation's not transitory. We could all agree on that, right? I remember when Joe Biden was saying it's transitory, it's just a short little blip. We're going to go back to a prosperous economy, His his poll numbers are tanking and and inflation is taking back all the gains that you might have gotten through a pay increase. It's no longer going to be that the left is going to be pushing for $15 minimum wage. They're going to have to push for $85 minimum wage with the rate of inflation. I mean, it's insane. You know, I was listening to Laura Trump, uh, Lara Trump, uh, on. And she was basically saying the same thing that everybody has said. If if uh, Biden would have just left the Trump policies in place in the border, we would have had a great border. Uh, we would have had no border issues whatsoever. There would have been zero crisis. And the same thing is true with regard to Keystone Pipeline. Could you imagine coming out of a pandemic the way we did and the economic strife and struggle that was associated with that and All we had to do was leave ourselves energy independent. What they didn't talk about is how that trickles down in terms of economics, the truckers, the supply chains, and the price of goods uh, that that depend on petroleum, not uh, petroleum jellies and things like that, but all kinds of different things uh, that are impacted price-wise because of the lack of energy independence and OPEC now controlling the price of oil. The price of oil uh, went up to 90, I think it was the first time since 2014, I saw this recently, $99 a barrel. We were getting down to like $37 a barrel under the Trump era. It's, It's absolutely absurd that we are, in this position because it's so obvious. So now, you know, obviously Biden's poll numbers are below like 40%. He's at 39-something percent across the board. And it's not just one poll anymore. And so they're trying to change the narrative for the State of the Union. But after the State of the Union, you wonder what is next. Never forgive and never forget what the Democrats did to, to the people of the United States and to our children because actually it's the children that are the most damaged by this. We're adults. We could take flying bullets. We, we, uh, we could handle it. You know, the one thing about getting older is you are able to deal with things so much easier. You're equipped upstairs mentally. Your mental toughness is tougher because we've seen it. we're more skeptical, perhaps we're even more jaded, and that's the beautiful thing about youth when we're in our early twenties and we fall in love or we you know see something for the first time. It's sort of like you know a beautiful thing it's all part of it growing and evolving as a human being and that's what's so splendid about children is you get to see that firsthand their exploration, their uh, new experiences, and so on. But what's happening to their experience should never happen to another generation again. And it will be telling what the uh, fallout is going to be from this generation. But people are resilient and people will get over things. There are times, uh, you know, children who grew up through the Depression, uh, I think, turned out to be okay. You know, it's, it's all about what you, you know, turn out to be. Now, this generation that we have right now, this college-educated generation, they're a bunch of zombies who play video games. They're in, out of touch with reality to a large extent. Now, there are a lot of gems and there are a lot of really smart kids But they never had to struggle the way I think a lot of the other uh, previous generations have struggled. And it's those struggles that build character. And it's also the lack of video games that we had uh, back in the old days uh, that made us more in touch with people and human feelings and emotions. Uh, I think that we really need to get back to the basics as a society where. You know, we ought to limit how much children should be, you know, just like you would want to limit <clears throat> how much smoking you would do or how much drinking you would do or how much anything bad that you do, how much of that do you do before, you know, you've, you've exceeded the limit that your body can take and you end up jeopardizing your life as a result of it. And and the same thing, you know, we know that from people that we know that have addictions. You know, a little bit is okay. Moderation is all right, but excessive. And these video games are no different, I, I believe. I, I think so. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist or a pseudo-psychologist to figure this out. But I want to switch gears because... We've been talking too about, uh, you know, remember when we were talking about BlackRock and Vanguard and the influence on news cycles and political uh, and the politics at hand? The George Soros's of the world impacting elections at the DA level and how Candace Owens called George Soros perhaps the worst racist that ever lived. He comes from an era in a of genocide, he was a Jew that uh, went to concentration camps. I think he turned, he uh, sold his brother out, and I saw a documentary about this. Uh, George Soros basically had zero f- heart and feelings about other people's demise. It was about his own survival and his own survival alone, and uh, it was amazing to hear this story. Um, but uh, when he was a young, young, young child back in the 40s. But in any case, um, he's going to be dead soon. His sons are running the show now. He's got a whole family of tyrants. These are The Soros family is like the kind of family that you would see in, like, Lethal Weapon, where you get these pure evil people that just want to kill for power and money. And it's absolutely absurd. And why they chose the United States to settle in and destroy is beyond me. But I don't why, why they have not been thrown in jail is another thing. They got people rotting in jail because of waving a flat Trump flag from J6. And we all know that that was an infiltration and not an insurrection. But yet you listen to Nancy Pelosi and she's all upset about something I forgot to bring up yesterday. That's Andrew McCarthy was running from the press because he said uh, that it was political, normal political discourse related to the J. Sixth thing, and so she was all upset about that. Nancy Pelosi was all upset about all this because she—it's not political discourse, right? It's not. But what she does, fails to say is she released all the all the tape. Release the 14,000 hours of video. Explain all these other things. Explain them. Explain why the doors were unlocked. Explain why they were escorted in. And tell me, how in the world does President Trump's January 6th speech impact the palm, uh, the bomb uh, pipe bomb layers on January 5th? How is there time travel involved with this? No one explained, you know, who those January fifth pipe bomb layers were at the DNC and RNC. Who were those pipe bombers? No one knows. But it certainly wasn't Trump and his rally. And then Ray Epps. Who the heck is Ray Epps calling to for an insur you know, calling to go into the Capitol? We're all go- we're all going to go inside the Capitol," he said. Nobody wants to mess with him because he's probably an FBI undercover agent. And then the other part is Richard Byrd, the Secret Service guy with a gun, some moron numbnut that basically shoots Ashley Babbitt in the in the face or in the neck, and doesn't even get taken to court, doesn't get thrown in jail, doesn't even get questioned. He just disappears into the ether and then comes out and gets on TV and makes a statement. Probably will write a book how he was the one infected. It's absolutely absurd, but Nancy Pelosi is such a witch. It's not even funny. And we're going to take a listen here. Um, and we're going to take a listen. Let's they see. Here we go.
2: They seem to have reached... i to close by saying that... Um You've heard me say again and again that the Republicans seem to be having a limbo contest with themselves to see how low they can go. They seem to have reached rock bottom with their statement that what happened on January 6th was normal political discourse. Legitimate, legitimate political discourse. I've also said that Republican Party, which country needs a strong Republican Party. Made great contributions to our country. I say this to Republicans all the time take back your party from this cult. Take back your party. America needs a strong Republican Party and a strong Democratic Party. But it has been hijacked. And it's disturbing to see that the Republican leader of the House ran, actually, literally refused to condemn that resolution of legitimate political discourse. He literally ran away from the press when he was asked about his position. Uh, The Republicans can run, but they cannot hide from what happened on January 6th to call that legitimate political discourse. 140 law enforcement officers were wounded. Some people died. It was an assault on our Capitol, our Congress, more importantly, assault on our democracy. They can run, but they can't hide.
1: Some some people died? <laughs> yeah, your Secret Service people killed the person. That's how they died, Nancy. And Nancy, you unlocked the doors. Nancy, you controlled the Capitol Police. She is such a scumbag, Nancy Pelosi. Such scum. And I can't. Get over the fact that we have a media that won't ask the questions. They just won't ask the questions. And the question is, why won't you release the 14,000 hours of videotape or audio and video? Why won't you do it? Who are the names of the J-5 pipe bombers? And why is Ray Epps not in custody? Can you answer any of those questions? And why were these people escorting people into the rotunda? And why were the Capitol Police negotiating terms with the organizers of the event? And why were these people allowed to walk into the Senate without any resistance? And why were the 20,000-pound doors with magnet locks unlocked with a code from the inside? Why, why, why? Uh, And not one reporter will ask her any of these questions. These questions that need to be answered. But yet she runs alongside uh, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, the two biggest losers uh, that ever came out of the Republican Party, in my opinion. And uh, here we are. You know, and the, the media... Wants to be bipartisan, right? So they'll get Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney on. They've gotten so much airtime on CNN and MSNBC. It's not even funny. But it's absurd that we don't ask the right questions. Anyway, I want to get to... um, There's a lot of little clips I wanted to play too uh, with regard to... uh, all the liberal press talking about the truckers' protests. Uh, we'll may- maybe get to that later. Um, it's a really good clip to listen to um, what they think of the truckers. I love this one meme where it says, it said, you know, truckers honking their horns is an act of terrorism. Uh, they basically were trying to say that honking your horn is terrorism. It's absurd. It's absurd. But what we want to do is I want to talk about multinational controls over commodity inventory continues to drive inflation even higher. I want to go into this article because, uh, like I said earlier, we were talking about BlackRock and we're talking about Vanguard and how they control the media and how they control. And after we ran that report and we talked about that about 10 days ago, um, you started to see. Zero Hedge and The Last Refuge, Conservative Treehouse, all come out with these um articles related to where the money influence. So <clears throat> Zero Hedge writes this traders are paying bumper premiums. For immediate supply, commodities are severely undersupplied. The shortage of, well, everything has translated into record price of virtually all commodities. The Bloomberg Commodity Spot Index, which tracks 23 energy metals and crop futures, has touched a record this year. That has been driven in part by surging oil prices, which have hit their highest levels since 2014. I think I said that earlier in the show. And so the conservative treehouse readers are specifically well positioned to understand what it is happening, what is happening in the background. We have discussed two specific issues. Issue number 1, <clears throat> in any era of hyperinflation, we always see the advanced purchasing of inventory for profit. Meaning, when prices are quickly rising, multinationals use their size and power over commodity goods to store physically or through contracted future purchases, goods that are held until a specific target price is reached and then sold for a bigger profit. In 2022, the supply chain disruption is being used as a cover. In the modern era, the major multinational number two, in the modern era, The major multinationals control the supply of originating products. There's no such thing as a free market. In the modern era, it is a controlled market. So long before the word inflation hit the 2021 headlines, uh, the conservative treehouse specifically identified where we are right now, in the background right now. Now that's what's interesting about that is they're controlling they're they're doing this on purpose. Remember I said they're losing on purpose, they're losing the southern border on purpose, they're crushing this the middle class on purpose. They're making these moves on purpose, knowing full well what the market impact's going to be. And every right-minded person is saying if you do this, we're going to have a flood at the border. If you um, cut the XL pipeline, it's going to increase the price of oil. It's going to increase inflation. So what they did was they bought up a lot of this inventory and in stock to, to sell at a maximum profit. So they bought it short. They bought it cheap. And they're selling it at an inflated price. And they're making huge amounts of money As a result of it. That's the simple form of it. I can get into this article, by the way. Great article. I posted it on my social media. And it's a long, long article. It talks about this. That is global financial exploitation of national markets. Four basic elements. Okay. Multinational corporations purchase controlling interests In various national outputs, harvests, and raw materials, and ancillary industries of developed industrial Western nations. The multinational corporations making the purchases are underwritten by massive global financial institutions, multinational banks. Note, in China, it is the communist government underwriting the purchase. Uh, The multinational banks and the multinational corporations then utilize lobbying interests to manipulate the internal political policy of the targeted nation states. And number four, with control over the target national industry or interest, the multinationals then leverage export of the national assets, exfiltration they call it, Through trade agreements structured to the benefit of lesser developed nation states, where they have previously established a proactive financial footprint. Against the backdrop of President Trump confronting China and against the backdrop of NAFTA renegotiated, and against the necessary need to support the key U.S. steel and aluminum industries, revisiting the economic influences within the modern import-export dynamic will help conceptualize the issues at the heart of the matter. So this is, again, this is one where the government is making these decisions and saying, invest now. And so this might explain why the corporations, the multinational globalist corporations are in bed with the radical globalist and left-wing movement where the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. COVID was no different. COVID, they knew COVID was coming out. They had the 201 event in December or no, it was October of 2019. In, t- in October, 2019. And um, they had that. It was funded by the Bill Gates It was the Gates Foundation that put that out. And they were talking about a pandemic. And then Bill Gates was also saying it's going to be a big year for vaccines next year. And this was, he said that tweet in 2019. The vaccines is going to be a big emerging market. Pharmaceuticals, they were getting hammered by the Trump administration. And they went all in for the Joe Biden administration. And I want to tell you one other thing, um, because there is this this other aspect of things. The University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia, which this is another example of government involvement. Now, the Biden Center is at the University of Pennsylvania. And Joe Biden's Biden Center received millions of dollars. I mean, millions and millions of dollars from China. And the the donors to the Biden administration were anonymous. And what helped keep them anonymous, this was back before the election, before the 2020 election, well before, this goes back to like, 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19. And um, they were huge donors to to the Biden Center at the University of Pennsylvania. And Amy Gutman is the uh, president of the Penn University, right? Penn University. Same place where that male swimmer is dressed up like a woman and competing with women. And uh, Leah Thompson, something like that. That that uh, that dude that is uh, basically swimming with women, undressing and dressing in women's locker rooms, and uh, beating all the women at swimming, but yet losing to all the other trannies out there. Um, it's absolutely absurd. Um, so the University of Pennsylvania, which hosts and funds Joe Biden's think tank called the Penn Biden Center directly profits from the sale of Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna coronavirus vaccines. Penn gets more money if more vaccines are sold. Penn also gets, University of Pennsylvania, also gets milestone payments, they call them. When the Biden's FDA approves a Pfizer BioNTech vaccine which presents a massive conflict of interest for Biden BioNTech pays the Penn's board of trustees directly each individual board member is getting paid directly and the pen and the pen and pen is protected from the civil liability if people try to sue for bodily injury or death caused by a BioNTech Vaccine. The Biden Center also received anonymous funding from China that Secretary Blinken helped cover up. So Blinken was part of the cover up to keep the Chinese donations prior to the election under seal. Also, Penn President Amy Gutman was chosen as the ambassador to Germany, a huge gravy job, a perk of all perks, as a token of Biden's appreciation. Amy Gutman got the ambassadorship to Germany. She's going to become the ambassador in uh, this week or the next week. But she was chosen a while ago. And Amy Gutman, the president of Penn, is now going to be the ambassador to Germany for the United States. What a pay-to-play, quid pro quo kind of deal that was. It's, it's absolutely stunning. They don't even hide it, folks. So you got the one article talking about multinational corporations benefiting because of closing down the Keystone Pipeline and creating infl- inflationary uh, uh, tactics that they knew was going to cause inflation you can't be this bad and not be on purpose not have it be on purpose they're losing on purpose they're selling out america for corporate power corporate greed but power and the media and the news rooms know exactly what they're doing see the one thing about this show and what we've been trying to do for the last few years is not just report the news. We want to analyze it. We want to be an analyst, okay? And what we're trying to do is figure out what the motives are. Where are the motives here? Who benefits? Follow the money. And try to figure out what the motivating factors are. And if you could do that, then you could figure out What's, in st- what's at stake and what's in play, and, and maybe try to stop it. But you don't get the kind of inflation report you're going to hear today. Later today, you're going to hear an inflation report that's going to be dismal. You don't get here without, without it being on purpose You don't open the borders and offer $450,000 to people coming across the border and giving them a new way of life at the expense of taxpayer dollars without having a plan to not only import their votes, groom them as Democrats, and also steal their identities and get them to vote without their knowledge, but to also get them to be slave labor. And I've been saying that a long time, that we're importing slave labor markets. But guess what? It's more than that. It's all about destabilizing our middle class, neutralizing their vote, sharing their assets that they've already paid for, diminishing the value of what it is that they actually have. If you paid X amount in taxes and you get X amount in benefits through your education board and through your infrastructure plans and all this that and the other, and then you have to now share it with a two million new people, uh, that becomes uh, less valuable. So you've actually stolen value from the middle class that they agreed to pay for. It's a bait and switch. It's a ripoff. And it's an attack on the middle class. COVID, again, the only people that benefited were people like Amazon and Instacart and all these big owners, Uh, DoorDash and Seamless and Grubhub and all these companies that emerged out of this. The masks, the pharmaceutical companies, you name it. And why were they so determined to squash And damage the narrative associated with hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, and so on. What were they doing? What were they up to? And so the point is and why were they, did they have two standards of justice? If you're protesting from the right, you were a terrorist. If you're protesting from the left, like the Marxist morons from Black Lives Matter burning cities to the ground, you were rewarded and you were fundraising effectively. It's absolutely absurd. But wherever Biden goes, wherever Hunter Biden goes, wherever the Biden crime family goes, it's all about... Palm greasing, it's all about exploitation. It's all about personal gain. The next stop is going to be Iran. They're going to do another Iran nuclear deal. You know, Obama benefited. He's buying the house in Hawaii now and building that out. He's got the house in Nantucket. Climate change be be damned, right? They don't care. Of course, they're lying to you. Climate change was just another tactic to regulate you to uh, oblivion to bring you to your knees with regulatory fines and, and restrictions. COVID turned out to be a better solution. Who knew? I mean, Bill Gates was probably smarter, you know? I mean, he got Microsoft off the ground after stabbing a bunch of people in the back. But yeah, Bill Gates, no dummy, but just like in a bad movie, sometimes the biggest villains are the ones that out, Fox everybody and I'll clever everybody because they're super smart but they're for not for good for they're, they're for evil if just once we could get some super smart people that are actually good and nice people and have middle class uh, the, the middle class at heart I would say someone like uh, well I don't want to get into so much of that, but it's just a distraction to what I'm talking about here. Um, I was going to say Steve Chappelle because I saw this story about how he was uh, an ambassador to his small town, but we really don't even know the details of that story. But in any case, the the point is, is that wherever Biden goes. So the, the Biden center at Penn was a business decision. Penn University of Penn. With an endowment in the billions of dollars. Um, Just like Harvard, just like Princeton, just like Yale, just like Skull and Bones, just like Secret Society. All of this stuff is all part of a club. And it's all part of the Ivy Leagues. Amy Gutmann is now going to be the ambassador to Germany. Secretary Blinken is the Secretary of State. They're together, they're ruling the, the world, they're controlling NATO, they're controlling um, the globalist movement, they're controlling the European Union, they're controlling the, the European Parliament. They have impact on all this stuff, swagger and sway. They have more leverage at the United Nations, and the United Nations foots the bill for all kinds of refugee programs, just moving populations around the world visa lottery programs and all kinds of different programs to control people, their lives, their movement, and everything in between. But they also control commerce because they're connected with the World Economic Forum. Then you got that uh, uh, the head of the uh, International Monetary Fund. And they're all working hand in glove with the WHO, controlling people, controlling pandemics, controlling the finance, declaring who's a developing nation like China, who's a first world nation like the United States, who should get the advantages and who doesn't. And these corporations are players. They got the money. They can invest seed money into all these different programs. They are a part. They are a part and parcel. They are a partner with the governments and with the institutions and with the globalists. And they put Main Street businesses out of business. It's why Home Depot has destroyed the local hardware store in americas uh, the hardware stores in America. but you got you got the um, Joe Biden Center, and you got all the money that came in from China. It's all about money laundering and funneling and finance and di- redistribution. So we have the Penn situation. We have the uh, market manipulations. So you could do, you could close down the XL pipeline and get a market manipulation out of that. You could close down the supply chains, and you can get a market manipulation out of that. Just hold everything off because those things are going to um, not allow us to inflate the prices. Hold off the competitors' boxes. Uh, put them out at sea and hold them out. We need a couple of more months to sell our products at price-gouging prices. And when we run out of inventory, then you can let those ships come in and sell those products at normal prices. But they're not going to be normal anymore because the manpower that was associated with those ships being at sea is going to jack up those prices too. So regardless, it's going to be a nightmare for the middle class. It's a way that you destroy the middle class it's a way that you profit for your corporate cronies and you get that corporate dollar involved in your politics. You get that corporate dollar involved in your advertising dollars that manipulates and controls so well the news media. So about 10, years, 10 days ago, we talked about BlackRock. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about BlackRock and Vanguard and its impact. And we talked about losing on purpose. And we talked about um, losing in Afghanistan to get the refugees. And we talked about opening the border to get the slave labor. But these all benefit corporations. And then we talked about BlackRock. And we talked about China's influence on media. China buying up all of our farmland. China, uh, they just had a number the other day where foreign investors have bought a record number of properties in America. No longer is America for Americans anymore. It's absolutely crazy. And so here we are. But it's not just, you know, BlackRock is an integral part of it. But the multinational corporations that are owned by BlackRock are doing a lot of that work. And you wonder... Are they even in the business anymore of making Pepsi or Cola, uh, Coca Cola or um, hammers? You know what 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 business are they in? They're in the business of politics and control of narratives and media. COVID benefited the pharmaceuticals, the Biden Center benefited the Uni- University of Pennsylvania and the Biden family itself, but Biden's decisions impacted positively the bottom line for multinational corporations and that's the sad truth and we're going to get into this i told you we're going to get into this pretty heavy uh it's a boring you know it's a subject that's hard to keep pace with because it's so complicated but we're going to peel the onion over time well i want to thank everybody for tuning into the scott adams show and uh be sure to check out scottadamshow.com for the latest podcast if you'd like to be part of our 501c3 nonprofit, head over to org and make a donation. Uh, you'll be glad you did. And with that, uh, also be sure to use red state as your code word for my pillow if you want to buy a mattress or a pillow, slippers, or a robe. And with that, we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye bye now. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper And grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper Just to bury my kids right up to there